We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Steven Lakeford did on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570 is, of course, the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. I mean, we got a lot to talk about because Steve Kerr and Bob Myers, they had their end-of-the-season presser yesterday and gave us a whole lot to chew on. And I think that the future for the Warriors, the 2022 Warriors, and what we're going to be seeing alongside Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. I think it's it's definitely up in the air um, with how it's going to go in 2022, especially after hearing the end-of-season press conference. Uh, so we'll get into a lot of that today. Julio Jones and what happened yesterday on Undisputed. This is, you know, this is the thing. This is the thing about working at 5 a.m. Sometimes the big news happens four hours after your show is over because Julio Jones was on Undisputed. I don't know if he knew he was or not, whether he, whether he knew he was on air or not, but Shannon Sharp called him on the air and, uh, I'm sure you've seen it already, but I do want to share my thoughts on that. Plus Aaron Rodgers and what he had to say on SportsCenter yesterday when it was Kenny Maine's final show. But this is something that happened over the weekend. And because we've been going through so much Warriors and, you know, the playoffs, the playing game, all that stuff. We've been, it's, it's nonstop Warriors and rightfully so. I've loved talking about this team for the past few months. However, this went across my timeline and this is something that uh, didn't really make the rounds yesterday, and it didn't need to, but do you guys see that A-Rod, not Aaron Rodgers, but Alex Rodriguez is starting his own makeup line? Now, now I have no problem with that, you know, because he's just trying to, you know, uh, start a new path here for after his breakup with J-Lo, whatever it is. But I just find it fascinating that a dude who was blackballed from the league, who has been one of the most polarizing athletes that we have ever seen in sports, <laughs> a guy who was kicked out of his own sport, has got back into the limelight, and it just it 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 never fails to surprise me. I mean, this dude had an entire Netflix documentary made about how he cheated within baseball in the guy that he was using. If, if you haven't seen it, it's called Screwball on Netflix. It you know it uses these little. Uh, did he use animations? No, it actually used uh, children <laughs> uh, to 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 pl- to dramatize it. And um and they showed a Rod cheating on there, and it's just fascinating to me that now uh, he's at that point where he's creating his own makeup line, and people are praising him for blazing new trails. It's just fascinating. So if any player in baseball 
is hated. If they ever do anything that's wrong on the field and they happen to get blackballed, just make sure you treat the media very well and you always have a smile on your face when you get back into the swing of things and you could end up like A-Rod. <laughs> you could end up like A-Rod. Couldn't believe that when I saw it over the weekend. You know, it was the New York Post article when I heard that. From one A-Rod to another, I do want to go to Aaron Rodgers here because he was on SportsCenter last night on with uh, Kenny Mayne, who was broadcasting his final show. And uh, shout out to Kenny Mayne, by the way. When I first saw Kenny Mayne on SportsCenter, I was perplexed. I didn't know what to think about it because he had this dry sense of humor, didn't have much personality. And I'm thinking... You know, what is up with this dude? Then I realized, oh, it's all for the sake of comedy. This dude is hilarious with his dry sense of humor. I love this guy. So shout out to Kenny Mayne for celebrating his final show. And who else but Aaron Rodgers, the athlete with the driest sense of humor out of any athlete right now in sports. Uh, Aaron Rodgers went on and gave a very candid interview, and he talked about the dysfunction within Green Bay and that it's not necessarily Jordan Love picking that quarterback in the first round last year, not picking a wide receiver in the first round in any of the previous years, but it's really about the philosophy within the organization. Here's Aaron Rodgers on SportsCenter last night. Never been about the draft pick. Uh, picking Jordan, I love Jordan. He's a great kid. Um, you know, he, he a lot of fun to to work together. Uh, I love the coaching staff. Love my teammates. You know, I love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible, incredible sixteen years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy, uh, you know, and and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about it's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. And a lot of this was put in motion last year and. Uh, the wrench was just kind of thrown into it when I won the MVP and played uh, the way I played last year. So this is just kind of, I think, uh, the the spill out of all that. But look, man, it is about the people, and that's the most important thing. Green Bay has always been about the people, from Curly Lambeau uh, being owner and founder to the 60s with Lombardi and Bart Starr and all those incredible names, to the 90s teams with Coach Holmgren and Farvey and the Minister of Defense to the the run that we've been on. It's about it's about the people. And carrying on the tradition, I do feel like is is very important, especially with those types of organizations. But I did want to use this as a comparison and just to make you look at your own organization, whether you're a 49er fan or a Raider fan. And you see how the philosophy works within the Raiders organization. Apparently, since they have a ton of young guys, not really many veterans, apparently none of the young guys are ever held accountable and just don't want to win, even though Gruden constantly talks about how he uh, wants to have football players and guys who want to get on the football field 24-7. I need those type of guys on my team, man. Well, look, that hasn't really worked out so far. And the way that it's building within the organization looked no further than Kyle Long. Kyle Long, who was once retired and then wanted to get back into the league, went to Las Vegas, was there for a little bit, then went over to Kansas City, got signed by Kansas City, and then he said that he could tell that this that Kansas City is actually an organization that has their priorities in order. So you look at the Raiders and you think, all right, they're kind of similar to the Packers in that sense. But I will say this, when I when I heard that clip from Rodgers, I couldn't help but think just about the way that the 49ers organization is ran. And despite the talent evaluation of quarterbacks, you know, all this crap that's been talked about Kyle Shanahan and the way that he views quarterbacks, whenever you bring Kirk Cousins or Mitch Trubisky, hell, when Mac Jones was 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 talked about, it was always, you know, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan's the greatest talent evaluator. Maybe this isn't going to be the right move. I don't really trust him in, in, in that sense. But at least, at the very least, you know, despite some of these calls that maybe he's made, you know, the, the missed timeouts, the, uh, the game management, whatever it may be, at the very least, the 49ers organization... Their culture is set, and it is one that I think a lot of players would 
like to play for. I, I think it's one that a lot of players would like to get involved with. You know, they see that Shanahan and Lynch, they're kind of players guys. You know, it's a, they, they have that term, you know, he's a players coach. I think Kyle Shanahan is that type of dude. And then John Lynch, being the former player himself, he knows exactly what it's like to walk in, there in, 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 his, in his player's shoes there. He understands that. I just think that Shanahan and Lynch, at the very least, have built a good culture to surround uh, uh, to surround the players with, and one that makes it enticing for free agents to come along. Speaking of which, a guy by the name of Julio Jones, who has played with Kyle Shanahan before in Atlanta, well, this is him on Undisputed yesterday. Now, this is only a 30-second clip, and the context here is they were talking about the Cowboys possibly signing Jones. And Shannon Sharp went on the phone and called Jones and asked him straight up if he's going to be back in Atlanta. Just listen to this clip because I don't know for the first in in the first place. I don't know if Julio Jones knew that he was live on the air on national television when this happened. This is Julio Jones on Undisputed yesterday morning. What's going on, bro? Man, nothing much. Got to go meet up with my brother. What's happening with you? Man, look. You want to go to the Cowboys, Julio, or you want to stay in Atlanta? Oh, man, nah, I'm out of there, man. You He's out, out. Of there? He's out of there. Oh, Are you going to – ideally, where would you like to go? Uh, right now, I'm just – I want to win. Okay. Dallas. We don't go to Dallas. If you go – you ain't winning in Dallas, Julio. Now, Undisputed is in California. It takes place in California, and according to California law – conversations in which one of the parties has an objectively reasonable expectation that no one is listening in or overhearing the conversation cannot be recorded without the consent of both the parties on the phone. Shannon Sharp hasn't commented yet, and so based on the silence, that tells me that, yo, he didn't text him beforehand. You know, and I've been working at this station for a while, and I worked on the previous iteration of the morning show where Lorenzo Neal was on. They got some numbers, you know? They got numbers of people that they'd be willing to call on the spot, right? And um, we've seen this happen before, and we've always had to tell Lo, like, no, 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 you can't do that unless you text them first because, you know, it's by law, it's, it's what happens. But this happened on national television and if Julio Jones comes out and says, look, I didn't give you permission to, to do that, then Undisputed could be in quite a lot of trouble. But here's where um, I'm at as far as the 49ers adding Julio Jones. Of course, it'd be a nice piece. I mean, look look down the list of the wide receiver cores in the NFC West. And really, I think it's a split between the Niners and the Rams for last pra- pl- last place because the Cardinals... They got DeAndre Hopkins, who is just as good as any wide receiver in the league. And I'm barring this on health as well. But A.J. Green, when he's healthy, very good. But that's a big if and when. Christian Kirk, he's a good player. They got a speedy little guy named Andy Isabella. They got a new second-rounder, Rondale Moore. Their wide receivers core is shaping out. Uh, the Seahawks, they got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who uh, I, I like that pairing, especially with them two, along with Russell Wilson. They also got this new guy, Freddie Swain, who was a six-rounder from last year, who's actually not that bad if he actually gets some more snaps. And uh, they also got a second-rounder as well, Dwayne Eskridge. So um, they got some new blood there, too, in their wide receivers. Then the Rams, they got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. They also got Deshaun Jackson and another second-rounder named Tutu Atwell, so he'll probably get a lot of reps if either of those guys goes down. Then the Niners, they got Debo, they got Ayuk, but after that, I mean, it's just, you know, Richie James, Jawad Jettings, uh, River Craycraft, and then you got Jalen Hurd, but you don't know how Jalen Hurd is going to uh, come back with the, injur- uh, with, the, with the injury there. So for me, I think, you know, it'd be worth it to trade for him. It would be. But also, the cap doesn't let them. It doesn't prohibit the Niners from getting him because he is worth $15 million next year, and they only have about $11 million to work with. So somehow, they'd have to get the Falcons to eat some of that salary up 
that way the 49ers can pay him through the salary cap. I mean, it's 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 possible. I don't think that he's going to be going for a first rounder just because he wasn't healthy for a majority of 2020. So it remains to be seen. But there are a lot of teams on the table, and clearly, even whether he likes it or not, and whether Undisputed could get in trouble or not, Julio Jones clearly wants out of Atlanta, no matter what. And I talked about Aaron Rodgers, and he, you know, he mentioned the philosophy earlier on. If Green Bay gets Julio Jones, I mean, what better way to keep your quarterback than saying, "Hey, yeah, I got this wide receiver who's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame uh, in, in the next few years." Yeah, we got him on your team now. What do you think about that? Whew, this Julio Jones saga, man, it just continues and continues. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But coming up next, we'll get to Bob Myers as well as Steve Kerr because the future for the Warriors in 2022 it's pretty uncertain. 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. Steve Lightford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. Stephen Langford in with you up until six o'clock as the morning roast will take you until ten, and they'll have a, a great show for you today. So make sure you're tuned in until ten, at the very least, at the very least until ten. But really, we need you tuned in uh, from five a.m. to all the way to ten p.m. We need you there for damn near seventeen hours. That's that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. 888-957-9570. I want to know from you, because I want to start off talking about Kelly Oubre. Bob Myers and Steve Kerr in their press conference went through a variety of topics. You know, a majority of them talking about the future. They had some stuff to say on James Wiseman. We'll get to that. Possible free agents that they could acquire but I do want to focus on Kelly Oubre Jr. because this dude, for the entire year, has brought something to this Warrior team that really we hadn't seen much of. A bravado, a cockiness to him, you know, it, it, the, the blowing the kisses and talking trash, all that different st- all, all the all, all the different things. And, you know, he was also grabbing rebounds, too, and playing good defense. I liked Kelly Oubre on this team, but... There were times when you're just wondering throughout the year, what's going to happen in the future? You know, what, where is his fit on this team? Because, you know, he's not going to give you 30 points every single night. You know, he might give you 25, 26 um, on a good night, but he'll, he'll average, you know, 13, 14 a game, and he'll get you a solid six to seven rebounds, uh, depending on whichever game it is. But his future is certainly in question. And Bob Myers was asked whether he will be on the team next year. Here is uh, Bob Myers talking about, uh, talking about Kelly Oubre. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what his market will be. I don't know what our ability will be. But he did help us when he moved to the sixth man role. I know that was much discussed throughout the year. And I thought he handled it well, especially when we played him more at the four. I thought he was pretty, pretty productive for us. He went through a lot this season, obviously new team, hearing all the noise that he heard and then not starting. And I thought he handled it well. I mean, he got a lot of questions about, do you want to be back? Do we want him back? Um, but for the most part, we could have, I think he could have helped us. Um, at the end, we were running out eight guys and they did the best they could. Um, and I think he could have helped us because I, I felt like, unfortunately, and everybody can, is free to have their own opinion. I thought, I don't think I'm being biased, that he was helping us more in that role. And I even think Wiseman was starting to come into his own. But, of course, everybody's going to think I'm saying that. But I actually thought that over the last few games, there was there was some positive as far as impacting winning. Um, so we view that with Kelly. But, Nick, I can't say I think he helps us, but I can't predict what the market will be and, and all those things. 
My man Fridell asking about Kelly Oubre. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> Bob Myers mentioned it even in the press conference. He said, uh, Nick, I think you were the one that asked the question to Kelly about starting, his, uh, starting on the bench. But I want to start off with how Bob Myers prefaced that entire thing, because I agree, you know, of course, he could have helped them down the stretch. They needed a guy like Kelly Oubre, but anyone could have helped them down the stretch. They just needed bodies at any point, right? And Kelly Oubre could have. But the way that he handled going to the bench all the way from the trade deadline and before he got uh, before the trade deadline happened and there were all these rumors swirling around that teams are interested in Kelly Oubre and then after that point when he was asked about his future with the Warriors, whether he'd start off on the bench, the answers that he was giving, it didn't feel like he was handling it too well. You know, he he doesn't feel like it doesn't. Feel, it didn't feel like when he was doing his post game press conferences. Whenever he was asked about going to the bench, you know, and I don't blame him. He's a he's a young player and he's trying to establish himself as a starter in this league while also trying to make the big money. And when you're doing it off the bench, unless you're, you know, winning sixth man of the year like Jordan Clarkson, which was incredibly weird with him and Joe Ingles both uh, as the sixth man of the year. It's it's like you're both on the same team and you're both on the bench. Which one of you is a sixth man? Which one of you is a seventh man? This doesn't make much sense. But anyway, that's beside the point. It just didn't feel like Ubre was very receptive to it, at least in the media. But on the court, he did perform. He, he he played well in that role. He looked to be okay with it, and he was the primary scorer. He was averaging five threes a game, just over five threes a game, and uh, hitting it at, at relatively the same clip, even though he was in the starting five. But he was taking less attempts whenever Steph was on the floor. So I do think that for this team, Ubre, his role would be on the bench. I think it'd be a perfect role for him, and to go along with. You know, Jordan Poole and JTA, I'd be cool with that second unit next season, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. And then Bob Myers was asked if they talked to Oubre about a future bench role. Here's what Bob Myers had to say in the press conference. Yeah, we didn't specifically say, are you coming off the bench or not? But he did make it clear he'd like to be here. He did say that. And I think some of, um, I think you even asked him about starting and and, um, if he'd be okay with that. I, I don't organizationally we we didn't look at it as much as starting or not i think um we i don't mind a player that says he, he wants to start i think that's fine if you were on our team and you said i want to start and you didn't say great you should so i think we can work that out but again those conversations will come two months from now but there was no we don't want you here i don't want to be here type conversations going on so okay Kelly has expressed interest that he'd be here, but there was nothing definite that Myers said where he said, oh yeah, Kelly'd be okay with taking a bench roll. He'd be okay with that. But also on the flip side, I mean, you you got to think about the money too and whether paying whatever it would be, if it would be an average of, you know, 14, 15 million a year, which is what he was making based off of the trade exception, whatever it may be, I don't know if it would be worth it to pay a guy off the bench that much money when you got so many other parts of your team that you have to clean up. And I love Kelly Oubre and what he's done. Um, I, I, I think he's actually great for the game of basketball, but I just don't know if it's in the cards. And, um, you know, Oubre could be looking elsewhere just to get a starting role because a lot of other teams are looking for a guy like Oubre. They are. A guy who has length a guy who plays with energy, a guy who can hit the three every once in a while. But me personally, and we'll get to what Myers had to say regarding adding free agents, but me personally, I want more shooting. You know, the defense, it seemed to hold up a lot of the season, at least in terms of defensive rating. You know, even without a lot of their players on the floor. Hell, that month of February, they still maintained the defensive consistency even without Wiseman nor Looney there, and they were going out there with a small ball lineup. I think this team can coach defense. I really I, I really do believe that. But they need a guy who's going to get you more than 32% shooting to go along with Steph. And I think that that's the most important part here because they talked about adding free agents. And here is what Bob Myers had to say when he was asked about 
the Warriors adding veterans and the fact that they almost did last season, but they were in second place because of Clay Thompson's injury. Here's what Myers had to say yesterday. I do know we need veterans. And the one area I can say without um, kind of equivocating is we have to add some veterans in free agency. We just have to. We're well aware of that. And we will try to do it. We actually tried to do it last year with a few guys. Um, so it wasn't as if that mindset didn't exist. We were, you know, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. But we were in second place with quite a few guys that I think were veteran, could have helped. Um, but they chose to go to a team after Clay's injury that they thought they could win it more. And that's fair to them. Uh, some even said, had Clay not gotten hurt, I would have come. Who knows if that's true or not? But that's the, that's the thing we hope we've accomplished in the last couple of months is proven to some of those kind of guys. I think the Warriors can win. They have to believe that. I hope we showed that we're close. But that's what you get when you're looking at a vet minimum guy or a vet taxpayer that's maybe taking less money is, can I win with the Warriors? There's no doubt they like playing with Steph and they they love Steve. And I think they view our organization as one that takes care of its players. But those players are in demand and the contending teams are after them. We did it last year. We didn't get any of them, but we're going to try to do it again. And I think hopefully we'll have some more success this offseason. And when they talk about adding veterans, they're not talking about adding guys who can just start right away. We'll get to that coming up in the next segment. But they are talking about veterans for depth. And I went back through the games that Steph missed, and it wasn't the three-point shooting that was the issue when Steph was off the team. The first game, they went 13 for 39. Second game, they went 13 for 35. Third game, they went 15 for 41. Then for the rest, they averaged about 38% from three, which is good, you know, good, even with Steph off the team. But their free throw numbers, <laughs> the first game, 13 for 17. The second game, 10 for 16. The third game, 13 for 18. Then for the rest of the games, they shot about 76% for the free throw line. So if you're going to add a veteran, I would like a veteran who can shoot possibly somewhere in that 35 to 40% range. But I also just want a veteran who can make some free throws when Steph's not on the court. Because that was a big problem for this team this year. And if they didn't have Steph, who is one of the best free throw shooters of all time, then who knows what their numbers would be looking like. I don't know what those percentages would be looking like as a team if Steph were not on there. It would not be looking pretty. That's all I know. And that's not to say that the free throws would have made a difference in those games. Because if you look at those losses, a majority of them weren't close. Most of them were blowouts and the free throws wouldn't have made a difference. But I would like a guy who could be a, 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 the type that can shoot, but also when he gets to the line, you know he's going to make them when Steph's not the one to do that. And I think that's going to take some of the pressure off Steph as well. So 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But coming up next, when they talk about adding veterans, well... You want to add someone for depth for sure, but also you do want to keep your options open if there are any stars available. And I do wonder if James Wiseman is going to be the type of guy that you package in a trade to get another player. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. What are your thoughts on Wiseman? Do you think he's going to be a part of this team moving forward from 2022 and beyond? Or do you think that they're inclined to actually package him in a trade? We'll get to what Bob Myers and Steve Kerr had to say regarding James Wiseman, as well as Clay Thompson. But also, the one big thing they need to do this summer, and I'll have that all for you next. It's going to be a fun final half hour here on the pregame show. Stephen Langford in with you, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. Stephen Langford in with you, a.k.a. Bryn Forbes' number one fan. I've been on Bryn Forbes since day one. I predicted what he was going to do against the Heat last night. Nah, I'm just kidding. I had no idea. I was like, Brent Forbes? Who's well, that was Brent Forbes. But shout out to Brent Forbes. He got it done last night as uh, both playoff games, really, whether it was the uh, the Nuggets over the Blazers or the Bucks over the Heat. 
not very competitive games yesterday. But they're playoffs. Gotta love playoffs. From the 510. Love you, Steven. Wow. That's a nice way to start a text. As much as it pains me to say this, Dre is the reason the Warriors didn't have a better record. Get rid of Dre for someone who can score. At the end of the day, the team who scores more points wins. Not defensive intelligence. Well, there are a couple of things when it comes to Draymond Green. And I think the morning roast yesterday, I got to give them credit as we were doing this show. And uh, Joe brought this point up. But he asked the question... Who has more value as a trade asset? Is it going to be Clay or is it going to be Draymond Green? And when Bob Myers said yesterday that when they were talking about uh, adding veteran free agents, well, they were going to add some last year, but because of Clay's injury, well, guys are just like, nah, I'm good. I don't want they they were second place to some of these teams because once they saw Clay went down they said I I don't know if I can win with Steph or Dre. So I don't know if there'd be another team who would be willing to take on Draymond Green's contract. You know, he has one until 2023 and the the Warriors are on the hook for a lot of money. When it comes to Draymond Green, I just don't see that being in the cards. I know that you'd want more shooting out of them, and we can get to what Kerr and uh, Myers had to say about Draymond because they they did mention that his scoring needs to pick up if they want to win anything, and it's absolutely true that they do. But I just don't know if that's possible. I just don't know if that's possible. From the six five zero, can you break down the Kwame Brown Stephen Jackson beef? <laughs> oh man, you know what? This is just a case of one dude who was the butt of a joke for a very long time and still is in some cases. And then when his name was brought up and then it was brought up to him, clearly Kwame Brown was not okay with it. Then everyone weighed in. First take did Stephen A. I'm not going to break down it. I'm not going to break down the beef. However, I will say this. Uh, when Kwame Brown gets a guy like Stephen A just to shut up because he told Stephen A, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna smack you until your hair is on the front of your head." I mean, when he tells Stephen A that, Stephen A is just like, "Nah, let him go. He, he can say whatever he wants." I mean, that's just not a dude to mess with, right? So, I mean, that's what's going on. I don't know. You could pay attention to it and break it down yourself if you want. Uh, Kwame Brown continues to live stream himself every single day, so uh, you could pay attention to that. Um, But I I do want to talk about James Wiseman because for me, and I've I've been this way for ever ever since he was drafted second overall. um, I love Wiseman. Right, I, I I really do. I think that he is going to be a great player in the NBA. Just needs some time to develop. Still, just nineteen, turned twenty years old, uh, and and look, needs some needs some grooming for sure. But overall, I think he's going to be a very good player. We've seen the athleticism, how he can run the floor. Um, he hasn't been great at shooting threes uh, down the final stretch of the season before he got hurt. He was shooting like 18% or something like that ever since he got benched uh, against the Clippers that one time. But overall, I liked his game. And Bob Myers was asked about uh, James Wiseman, and here's what he had to say about his role with the franchise moving forward. I think he can help us. I expect him to be on the team next year. I mean, I don't want to, we don't want to trade James Wiseman. I think he's a tremendous talent, and he was put in a position where, again, he, the guy's taken hopefully all of his lumps early um, in his career. But I think he can be very helpful to us uh, in the future. I think he'd be helpful in the present. Um, and so we plan on him being on the team. We plan on him helping us. And maybe that's because we have seen a lot of things. You know, I know you guys watch the games, and and that's a good indicator too. But we're very confident he's going to be a good player and, and help us win next year. And so he, th- we think, is part of winning for this team going forward. You know, what, just watch that first game against the Nets and look how much confidence he had when he was thrusted into the starting five, having only played three games in college and not even had a full training camp to go along with it. Just look at that first game against the Nets and look at the confidence. Then go forward, and a couple of games later, after uh, it was the fourth game of the season against the Pistons, look at him go coast-to-coast. Coast. Makes a block on one end, 
then takes the ball up the floor and dunks on the other end. You just haven't seen that from a big guy on the Warriors in a while. Now it's just a question of consistency. And also, it was his strength, right? His strength on the glass, being tough. Because we'd seen him get pushed around a little bit. Guys were, you know, trying to take advantage of the young fella. But ever since he got benched in that game against L.A. when he missed the COVID test, now if you remember that from the season, which is just crazy. It feels like that was only a few weeks ago, but that was months ago. Uh, But since that game against L.A., he was averaging 11 points and 6 rebounds, uh, shooting 54% from the field and 18% from the three-point line. That could definitely pick up. But you could tell that he was starting to look more comfortable. And him getting benched in that Clippers game, not going in until the fourth quarter, it lit a fire under him. You know, he was being tougher rebounding the ball. He was try- he was being more active on defense, making quicker decisions, whether to go up or not, and making the smart plays. You know, there are a lot of times earlier on in the year where he's making these fouls that are just kind of like, you know, the, the what-are-you-doing fouls, the Kent Bazemore type of fouls where you're just wondering, why, why are you doing that? You, you don't need to be doing that. And it's all a learning process for him. But he was looking more comfortable. And Myers says, look, we're not trading Wiseman. But did he officially put that to bed? 888 That's the text line and the phone number. That is my question for you right now. Did Bob Myers officially put it to bed? Or are you as a fan still keeping your ears open? Because when Steve Kerr said this yesterday, when they were asked about veteran players and who they'd add, here's what Steve Kerr said when he's talking about veteran players and what they do in this league. Veteran players win in this league. You know, it's very rare that you see a rookie come in and, and lead a team to a championship. You know, Magic Johnson did it. Larry Bird came close to doing that. I think maybe of the modern guys, Dwayne Wade was pretty good his rookie year. I think it took him, a, you know, a few years to win a title and LeBron didn't win a, he didn't even get to the playoffs his first year. So we, we all kind of know how the league works. The knowledge you gain in this league from year to year is crucial. And what that means for a team's institutional knowledge as a group is crucial to winning games because these games come down to possessions and uh, everything matters. Yeah, if we can add a couple of vets, that'd be great. During our five straight trips to the finals, we always had great veteran presence and that matters. And so I'm of the thinking and the belief that Clay's return and our final 20 games will be very much uh, in the minds of potential free agents when they think about where they want to go. So whether that means we get a couple of guys to come or not, we'll see. But when during our five-year run, we got a lot of guys to come here who made really a big difference. David West and Zaza, JaVale McGee, those guys all come to mind. Obviously, we had other guys as well, but, but that kind of veteran know-how and stabilizing influence could be very helpful. Look, and he's talking about just adding free agents, right? Adding guys who could be bench pieces. Personally, I think they need to add guys who could just straight up shoot the basketball and shoot it at a high clip and also make free throws. But when I heard that, and I just heard veterans win, look, they're going to have to give Steph an extension. It's it's going to happen. They're at least going to offer that to Steph. And my guess is that he'd take it. But when it comes to James Wiseman, And, you know, Myers just flat out saying, look, I'm not trading Wiseman. I'm not trading Wiseman. We didn't sign him just to trade him. But if the right person comes along, you know, like, let's just use this as an example. I'm using this as a hypothetical. I'm not saying this is going to happen. But the whole Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert thing, there was a lot of tension after 2020 when, you know, Gobert uh, tested positive for COVID-19, then Donovan Mitchell tested positive, and there was some tension there. And there was a whole feature piece written, I can't remember if it was ESPN or Bleacher Report, essentially squatching the entire thing. Just saying, Mitchell and Gobert, they're good now. Well, some new information popped up, and Donovan Mitchell, who has been hurt with injury toward the end of this season, well, Donovan Mitchell said that he's not happy that they sat him out in game one and didn't let him return to play. You know, and there's some dysfunction there. And I'm not and I'm using Donovan Mitchell as just an example, but you never know what can happen through the rest of these playoffs if the right offer is on the table and seeing how well the Warriors played when they were using their small ball lineup. Let's be honest, when Wiseman was out, 
the offense looked more comfortable. It looked like they were really going for Steph and only Steph. And really, that's the best way to run the offense is when Steph is your first option. But most of the time, they were trying to force-feed Wiseman. You could tell the offense was out of sync. Draymond was forcing bad passes, creating turnovers. And then, you know, sometimes even when he get it to Wiseman, Wiseman's hands would fumble it. And, you know, that comes with time. We'll see if he can um, develop that. But if the right offer is on the table, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they packaged James Wiseman. Who knows? Maybe even one of those first-round picks to upgrade their team because you only have so much time. You know, Clay, love Clay, but ever since he got that extension, he hasn't even played when he's had any of that extension yet. Year by year, he hasn't played for any of that money. So there's, you know, you, you cut time out there. You still got a few years left with Draymond Green, and then Steph is going to be getting that big extension. But really, when Steve Kerr is mentioning that it took those guys a few years to win a championship... I mean, I don't know how much longer than, quote-unquote, a few years the Warriors have to win a championship. You know, their championship window right now could be all the way until Draymond Green's contract ends in 2023. Like, you know, I don't think Wiseman is off the table at all. And when Steve Kerr was talking about Wiseman, here's what he had to say um, regarding his fit with the team and also uh, what he learned from Wiseman's rookie year. What we learned, which I've talked about many times, is to expect a lot from a guy who doesn't get a summer league, doesn't have a training camp, and uh, is playing in a brand new set of circumstances during a pandemic. Those are high expectations. To expect anybody to come in and get it at 19 and figure it all out in a season like this where, as an organization ourselves, we didn't have everything all aligned because of Clay's injury and because of the turnover in the roster and lack of camp. So very difficult set of circumstances for for James to enter into. As far as his development, he works really hard and our, our coaching staff did a good job with him. There are certain things I can do better, putting him in positions to be more efficient offensively for sure. But that's all part of the process. He has to grow. We have to grow with him. But that's all fine. That's 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 how this whole thing works. So he had some good things to say about Wiseman there. He did. And, you know, maybe Steve Kerr can learn from that stuff. And I'm not saying... You know, they need to trade Wiseman. Now, that's, that's not what I'm getting at. But I am saying that if the right offer happens to be on the table, then I wouldn't be shocked if the Warriors were looking into it and saying, yeah, I'd be willing to trade this guy or any other pieces on this team. You know, when when Kerr is mentioning that, uh, that you don't win with rookies leading the team, well, you wouldn't exactly have them leading the team but you would expect a lot of them from that second unit. You'd need those rookie first-rounders to produce right away to show some promise. And, you know, they're, we still need to wait for that one pick to convey uh, from the Timberwolves, but ultimately it's going to. It's just a question of which pick it will be. But the Warriors will also have the other pick that they got just from this year alone. And when I heard Kerr say that about adding some veteran players, I do think that that told me... You know, I don't know how much they're going to be valuing rookies. Rookies that'll take some time to develop. That's just kind of that. That's where I'm at with the entire thing. And maybe they could get a deal done. You know, uh, uh, with the way that Andrew Wiggins has played, even though he's making the exact same amount of money as Joel Embiid, because they both got max extensions uh, with the same circumstances. He has he's making the same exact money, but there could be a point where teams are looking at Wiggins and thinking. You know, we, we have the space to do it. We wouldn't be in the luxury tax too much. We're willing to spend some money. Yeah, you could bring Andrew Wiggins over here along with maybe a first-round pick, and we'll give you this player. You never know. You never know. The NBA uh, is a different breed. <laughs> you know, they're a different type of league. Um, but I, I do think that Clay's going to be just so important last year, and maybe we're not making enough of it just how much that injury had impacted them. Now, we've heard from Bob Myers and how he said they tried adding some free they how he tried adding some free agents last year. <laughs> yeah, Joe, you're talking in my ear as I'm doing a show. Oh my God. Second day in studio and he's already blowing it. By the way, I want you to come on in three minutes. I want you to talk about Brooks Kepka and what he did with Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, hopefully you will after I just insulted you. But I will say this though. 
Um, when it comes to Clay Thompson, them adding free agents last year, you know, not really sure whether uh, Clay was going to be in. And then when they got the injury report, you know, and them saying they were in second place to a lot of teams and adding veteran free agents just because Clay Thompson was out, I thought, man. This injury impacted the season even more than I realized. And Steve Kerr talked about that injury and how it just changed the goal of the entire year. This year, everything changed with Clay's injury. And that was the challenge was to say, okay, how, how can we be really competitive, but also try to bring our young players along at the same time? And that was, I think, a worthy goal because to be where we want to be when Clay comes back, we need these younger guys to be pretty good. So was that easy? No, it's not easy. But you see the benefits um, as you go through the season. You see what Jordan Poole meant to us by the end of the season. Think how much better of a team we're going to be next season with Clay back, knowing that Jordan developed the way he did. So as it relates to James or these two first-round picks or one first-round pick, it's the exact same concept. You want to bring guys along so they can help you. Now, the difference next year is, you know, knock on wood, Clay's healthy. We come in from the start. It's a different mindset. New season, a new set of circumstances. The mindset is, let's get it done. And whatever that means, then you adapt to that. That's what coaching is about. That's what being part of the NBA is about. That's what managing a team like Bob does is about. From the 510, we have to pump the brakes on the trade Wiseman talk. I remember a bunch of Dub Nation wanting to get rid of Steph during his ankle injuries. Give the kid a chance to get adjusted to the league. And I get where you're coming from. I totally do. And I'm not saying, yeah, you need to trade Wiseman. I'm not saying, because I don't have, I don't have a goal for you. <laughs> you know, I don't have an end game. If I were to come on the air right now and just say, yeah, you need to trade Wiseman, well, you'd ask me, well, what would you get in return? I don't have that answer for you. But I am saying that if the right name comes along, I wouldn't be surprised if his name is brought up in trade talks just seeing. Uh, I mean, look, when when these teams inquire, they're going to say, yeah, you know what? We'll take James Wiseman if you take this player uh, along with your first round pick. We'll take those. But I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if maybe the team would think about it a little bit. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, 510. I know we need to pump the brakes on it. But hey, this was the end of the year press conference. We're not going to be talking Warriors basketball for a, 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 quite a while here. So I'm just saying on the front end that this could be a possibility. Um, from the 510, do you think the Giants are for real this year, or are they a year or so away from being a top contender? You got the Giants tonight. Kevin Gosman is on the hill against the Diamondbacks. Corbin Martin is starting for the Diamondbacks. Giants are 28-19, obviously coming off that sweep off the Dodgers. Personally... They're right on that line. There's a fine line. On one side, it's, well, is this team just hot for a certain segment of the year, which is what the Giants could be at the beginning, or is this team an actual good team? And after that sweep against the, uh, the after the Dodgers swept them over the weekend at home, the way that they hit against, you know, Trevor Bauer, I mean, I personally thought, you know, I was leading toward, yeah, this is a good team, but when their offense doesn't pick it up, the starting pinch and can't do everything, but Kevin Gosman can. And I mean, teams are hitting below 200 off his splitter. I think they're hitting like 130 or 135 or something off that split finger, which is insane. So you got that coming up tonight. We'll see. It remains to be seen, but it is only the month of May. All right. I want to bring in Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky here, uh-huh. who's in studio. Thankfully, this is great. Don't have to bring up any levels, don't have to do any of that sort of stuff, don't have to talk in your ear. But just give me a couple of minutes here because we got about three minutes yeah. left. So I just saw this Brooks Kepka thing. Oh, it's great. With the goatee. It's great. And Bryson DeChambeau walking by as he's doing an interview. I don't think it aired. I just think no. the video was posted on social media. Todd Lewis looking holier than now, just <laughs> shocked out of his mind as he's doing the interview. But, but Kepka just straight up rolls his eyes as soon as DeChambeau walks by. And you see the hat. You see the kago. Uh, so, like, can you just explain the beef? between yeah. Kepka and DeShambo really quick. Just give me a couple of minutes. So on. you got to understand, Brooks Kepka played baseball growing up, right? And right. so he's a big intimidator guy. Like he's He doesn't even like golf. That's what he claims, even though he's obviously unbelievably talented. Three or four years ago in New York for a U.S. Open, they're both on the putting green. And at some point, this is when Bryson was significantly skinnier. Okay, uh-huh. yeah. Brooks walked up to him, on the, and something happened on the putting green. We're not really sure. 
Brooks just gave him one of those shoulder what first, as we like to call them, and just boom, hit Bryson, and Bryson was rattled. Absolutely rattled. And next thing you know, Bryson goes on this unbelievable tear. Now, the guy's always been a scientist and a thinker and trying to hit the ball farther than everybody. Right. But now he went on this unbelievable gains mission, meaning trying to gain muscle. All he's trying to do, chocolate milk, lifting, and swinging out of his shoes like a long driver. But I also think... If we're really getting to the psychology of this, he tried to bulk up to be bigger than Brooks Kepka because he is physically intimidated by Brooks. And Brooks hates his existence. He hates the fact that he has 20 people on his team when it comes to his swing coach and all that. And I'm telling you, this is a great rivalry. Golf needs more of these. Brooks is kind of the anti-hero. He's got a Kawhi Leonard vibe to him where he cares but he doesn't care that much, but he only cares about majors and he doesn't like people who are fraudulent. And so he has called Bryson DeChambeau, the fraudulent physicist because he's a (laughs) physicist and he says everything about him is fraudulent and it's just absolutely hilarious. And I'm here for all of it. He doesn't, he doesn't like his slow rate of play either, right? Oh my God. Taking too many practice swigs. Bryson had a protractor out on the golf course and they were like, what's the protractor for? Like, why, why do you need it? He's one of the slowest players in the game. He's been nicknamed the pace car. <laughs> I got all the I got all the golf knowledge. I, I, I love Kepka already just for him saying, "Yeah, I don't even practice before majors." Uh, I love him for that, but seeing his eye roll, he's not even hiding it, and I just love that. Brooks is a straight up bro, if you know what I'm saying. Whereas Bryson, God bless him. No one likes him, and I kind of love him for it because he's so out there and so weird and so fraudulent. He's exactly what golf needs. They need more interesting people like him and less robots. He's kind of like the Trevor Bauer of golf. Absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. The Morning Roast with that guy, Joe the Butcher Boy Shazky, Ponte Hill, and Kate Scott. Tune in right now. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.